Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Wisconsin, the show of making a murder. And today's guest is the amazingly energetic and fun J.R. Makanu from Vox Table in Austin, Texas. J.R. has been in Austin for about a year now. He's left quite the imprint, and especially the imprint with his new cocktail menu at Vox Table, inspired by cinema, inspired by sarcasm. And inspired by having a very checkered past being a Romanian guy in Wisconsin. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat with J.R. Makanu. Met, we were 18. Mm-hmm. He was a straight edge kid. You know? Dude, I, d- I grew up in Salt Lake City, so, okay. I, I, <laughs> so I went to integrity shows. I went to Earth Crisis shows. I completely understand that mindset. Dude, and, you know, he was very like, <laughs> so you get it. Like, he was very like close minded. He was in his ways. He was angry at the world. Austere. Dude, yeah. yeah. And, and immediately we didn't like each other. Because I was 18 and I was the one that was like, I was the drinker with friends. I was a right. socialite. Essentially, I had a great time. And we had mutual friends somehow. Like, I think it was like a couple kids from Oregon. I can't remember exactly how it went mm-hmm. down so long ago. But then like fast forward three years later, he is, I'm now running Merchant, my first bar program in uh-huh. Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And he shows up to my door and is like, I want, he's like, I want a job. I want to learn how to bartend. And I remember like, what the, like, <laughs> dude, you hate alcohol. You hate like these things. And, you hate, you know, I, for all, for all I know, you fucking hate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, you know, we know each other sort of. Yeah. So yeah, let's fuck it. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. Give yeah, him a yeah. job. And the kid just crushed it. And within a few years now, he's in New York City. He's, uh, he's doing Boiler Maker in oh, New cool. York City. He's, uh, doing i think this is his fourth year as a cap program mm. leader in tales of cocktail right and now he's like i'm pretty sure he's head bartender of the san antonio cocktail conference no kidding like he's in charge of it all because like when i was there last time he was just running the show that's and amazing I was walking up and i was like this all happened in four years and this is the kid four years and before he was hired at merchant this guy was uh wearing a lederhosen at a german like it was called essen house it was uh-huh. a german bar where okay. he was just like Serving spot and spot and optimators and Bud Lights. Yeah, like, yeah. It smelled like a puke and piss. It, it has to. It was awful. Yeah. You know? That's what Germany smells like. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this guy was wearing a lederhosen and now, like, just within a matter of four years, right? Now he's doing this. Yeah, it's and incredible that, progress. And I feel like that happens a lot, a lot of individuals in this industry. It's just, like, kind of like a fast track. Yeah. You know, as long as you put in the work. I mean, don't get me do wrong. You, do you I, think that people are looking for the fast track or that this, because it's so agile and nimble, this industry as on the whole, that that allows you to be fast tracked? I think it allows you to be fast tracked as long as you're willing to put in the work. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, that kid, like, I'm not going to call him kid himself. Uh, <laughs> Man, Sam, the web will be Sam, fucking, don't call him boy. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's, <laughs> they'll get real he'll call me up because he's older than me. And he'll be like, hey, you little asshole. No, he, like, he was putting in 80 hour weeks, you yeah. know, like, and he's still pulling in 80 hour weeks. I guarantee it over in New York City, especially. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I, I just talked to him a week ago and he's just like, you know, as long as you're willing to put in the work, yeah. I feel like this industry will help you fast track and it will take care of you. I think I like so too. It's very accommodating in that sense. I mean, there's such a community to it. But I do yeah. want to talk about straight edge. I have not talked about straight edge shit since, <laughs> since, since my 20s, which is now at least six years away. But. <laughs> So what, here, all right, So because I want to frame it. When, I, I'm going to admit, 15, 16, I was raised in a household of which my mom's parents were alcoholics, so she, in a sense, was kind of really, really sensitive to the fact of drinking, and I was younger, becoming a teenager, and she stopped drinking in her 30s, you know? Okay. So she was averse to it at that point. But I'm also kind of coupled with that in Salt Lake City as a teen, 
There's fucking Earth Crisis shows, Integrity shows, all the Victory Records stuff. And people don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't fuck. Although, and fuck is a caveat, because I'm sure that was, part, that was part of it. They just don't drink and don't smoke. Yeah, right, exactly. But they fight. They, they yes. fight. They pull knives. I remember there was an Earth Crisis show. They were opening up for the Deftones of all, all, places, all people in probably 95. And someone got stabbed. I mean, there's like this aggression, you know? Yeah. So do you think, this? I'll sum it down to the actual question. Do you think that it's a reaction to not understanding how you can actually have control over alcohol? Or is it just an excuse, and more or less, or a rationalization to just say, I'm better than that? Because I'm trying to understand straight-edgedness even to this time. Yeah. I mean... I- <laughs> I agree with both statements. I feel like it'd be like a 50-50 thing where it's like half the people would take it as I am better than that. Right. But then again, like it's so hard for me to say because I was never straight edge. You know, I, now I wish Sam was here because yeah. like, he'd probably give some great insight. <laughs> oh, man, I got to yeah, I gotta interview a straight edge kid. Or a, yeah, right. A previous you need kid. to call Sam. Absolutely have to, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it was, this is just my opinion. Obviously, I was never involved in so so has no cloud essentially. But uh it could be that they do feel better than you or it could be the other way where it's just like they were just uh they didn't understand the, right kind of like the why we went drinking and they were just angry about that yeah we were so different from them that we had different like views on that on, on, a, on a very stupid subject i mean think no about it. it's, it's a drug you know it's it like is. it totally is and there's such anger on both sides you know like it's, it, it's the that's where homophobia comes from is you're afraid of this thing you don't understand and so I just felt like, and this is not in any way to say that homophobia is synonymous with straight edge, although I knew plenty of guys that were beaten up on the gay kids in, in high school. But like, I just, it's an interesting schism socially, like when people are teenagers, because you, have you ever met a 30 year old straight edge guy? I don't think I have. <laughs> Actually, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's that's, as fleeting as teenage fair. love, as I've said before. Yeah, you know, it's just a strange. It, it has thing. to be like a sixteen to twenty-two kind of thing. It's got. It's a great right? demographic for the Midwest record uh, company. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But no, no, right. it is. Though. I mean, like, actually, like, <laughs> it is. I mean, because there was a. I mean, fuck, man, there was a shit ton of it. It wasn't just Sam Gothier and this like right. it was like group of like. <laughs> the it icon. was like, and it was weird though because they would hang out at our parties. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's the what it was. That, doesn't so, that seem like ironic at all? That was weird as fuck too, because they were just obviously judging us because we were drinking. Sure, they were hanging out with us. They're but actively going to judge you, I guess. And but thankfully, at least this wasn't this is Wisconsin, yeah. So it wasn't people weren't very aggressive in Wisconsin. We're, we're more likely to say sorry than right, right, right. hit you in the face, you know. We're Midwest kind of like is that. it um, sorry or sorry in Wisconsin? <laughs> well, <laughs> the farther north you go, sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, dear bud, you know, yes. sorry about that, dear. <laughs> Um, well, so know, do, can I consider you at least for right now a spokesman for Wisconsin? <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the two uh, of the two of us, is that is that fair? <laughs> is that a fair dynamic? Like, I'll let me represent Austin. That's fair, right? I've okay. been here quite a while, and you can represent Wisconsin as the expert in this particular topic. Where I want, I would like to talk to you about. Oh my god, I feel like <laughs> I feel like so many Wisconsinites are gonna punch me in the face for this when I go back home. But you guys aren't violent. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Fine, they'll just they'll just uh, yell at me nicely. How about that? How dare you? Yeah. That? How dare you? Dare that's to horrible. Be Wisconsin, right? So, I mean, I will claim myself as a as a as a Madisonian Wisconsinite. Okay, which that's is a good. different, more erudite metropolitan. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so okay, that's good. So we'll frame it that way. Okay. And um, this, I'm going to preface this. It's not to talk about guilty or not guilty, but I'm sure you know about making a murderer. In the Stephen Avery case, <laughs> since, since Wisconsin, so <laughs> not surprises came up. <laughs> Dude, literally since that Netflix came out, like every single time I've gone to the bar, everyone be like, "Wait a minute, you're from Wisconsin? Let me hear your opinion of Stephen Avery." I'd be like, "Dude, I know as much as you. That was that was fucked up. It's fucked up. It's right? <laughs> totally fucked up. It's like you're looking at two sides, right? You're like you have this individual, right, who may or may not be completely insane. Stephen right. Avery. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not making uh, any comment. It's just it's there. This guy from Wisconsin, at least one, at least in the beginning, right? He's he is not guilty but they put him put him in prison yeah exactly. got 400 grand for it okay yeah. fair enough fair enough and and then maybe i don't know how to say this it's like maybe like 
the stresses of prison did make him commit the crime later on. Maybe his like, because I mean, he was a very intelligent individual. Right. He didn't know really yeah. what was going on. Um. So you have, I mean, like you have that side of it, where you have this guy who was falsely imprisoned, maybe pissed off at the world for it, and sure. then possibly killed this woman. Right. In this sadistic way that that was explained, and uh-huh. then you have this other side of it, right? You have this like insane corrupt police or the prospect of it yeah the prospect of it you have like like if the if the police were guilty of that you're looking at so many things that they had to collaborate with each other plan out yeah to do it so it's just like do they really hate that guy this much (laughs) to like fucking go that far out of their way to make his shirt yeah it's like couldn't they just like get his mail burned or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> you have to throw him in jail. You know, just something. I mean, like it just—it just seems like both sides seem so insane. It's it, right. You know, like just completely irrational. Um, Very much so. And did you watch? Did you watch? This I series? did. I did. So, and I feel the, the the victim is well, not of course the girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. right. That that is the definitely absolutely. the victim. Yeah. Uh, but then you also feel bad for the kid. Oh, who, dude, that one, man. Like, I, that was Stephen aside. Yeah. But his his Brandon man, that the you know it's brutal. We're in an age where things that we say can be scrutinized internationally and people will hate and troll us and I don't care. Yeah. Like there's I'm gonna some, get yelled at for some, being a Wisconsin boy now. Right. <laughs> there's right. like eighty percent of Wisconsin's <laughs> like Fuck that kid that lives in Austin, God, Texas. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> who does he think that that's uppity, <laughs> uppity Austin sort of a bitch? But no, there there was something weird about that part of it, right? And and I'm you know again I'm not saying anybody's guilty or innocent or any of that, but there was something uncomfortable and something slightly unethical about the way that those interviews and those oh, confessions, yeah. quote unquote, were yeah, facilitated. But the thing that bought like all of that aside, did you ever did you go and did you feel in inclined to go and kind of read a little bit more about the evidence of the case i did yeah so did you without even getting specific did at that point kind of seeing a little bit more of a well-rounded portrayal of the evidence from the prosecutor which is because you have to have a narrative in a documentary i get it man you got to you got to bring people in you got to create a that i got to create a, a tone a voice a thesis you know yeah and I was so pissed last week because I went and read all this extra stuff about the evidence that they didn't include in the documentary. And I felt so manipulated. That's why I was mad. Against the documentary. Because right? yeah. the documentary definitely goes to portray like, Stephen Avery as innocent. That's like, right. It was all yeah. cops' fault. Uh, but then you also have to look at the, like, like one of the big things, too, is the... Oh, oh, what's the victim's name? Again? What's the girl? I, man, I can't remember. At the moment. Now only because I've yeah. tried to forget... All of yeah, right. Say, you know, but but uh, right. She's filed. Uh, I believe one of the biggest things was that she filed complaints against, against Stephen Avery. Right. For like weird. For conduct. like weird. Yeah, conduct. And it's like why was that never brought up? Because that's right. like that's a huge red flag. Sure. Huge. Like he came out already, in a robe. I think was that one of them. Yeah, like, he yeah came, exactly. That man, a dude walking creepy. with a robe. It's a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They didn't talk the about Star sixty seven thing. Yeah, right, that's right. Is, yeah, yeah. Where he intentionally didn't show his phone number so that he, she could come back out and then giving his sister's address and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. There's, so there's this there's other stuff. a lot of stuff. things there. Right, and it really balances the narrative. And so just suffice it to say, I felt emotionally manipulated. And that's what made me mad. That's Because right. I consider myself at least uh, uh, analytical. Like, I'll, I'll look at stuff and try to weigh it. Love Dateline. <laughs> Dateline, fucking on investigation, discovery, whatever. I love it, man, because yeah. it's just, it's, you're building an argument, you know, and you, you weigh this stuff out. And did you feel any of that? Like that, and somehow you were taken, you were taken for. I did. Um, and the weirdest thing about it is like, I, I don't know if I was just, because this was, this was happening when I was in high school in Madison, Wisconsin. Right, right. Right. So why I didn't talk about this shit, or maybe I was just, was it a thing? Maybe it was were just people talking? I mean, I mean, were maybe they were. I just don't really remember. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, high school was a fun time. Uh, I just, I feel like I just kind of like completely ignored what was happening in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and I was just more focused on me being a teenage boy and mm-hmm. my own shit. You know what I mean? So I didn't. Well, that's care how it much. goes. What yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. I, I can't. I'm not gonna fault you for that. I did the same yeah. shit. Self being self centered. 
It's totally. self-preservation when you're a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, you you know, can't, it is being a teenager more or less shit yeah. you did. <laughs> all the Sorry, shit you I, thought. Like, yeah. I feel like you're completely irrational. Like, I, don't, I don't like anything about my body. Like, like, I hate it all. <laughs> it's, it's just inherently, implicitly yeah. awkward, yeah. you know, physically. And I don't think my, I was mentally able to comprehend what was happening with that Stephen Avery case at that time. It takes some time, right? So now, like, looking back at it, I'm just like, man, I wish I kind of knew what people were talking about then or remembered what people were talking about then yeah. so I can take that perspective like now as an adult, like an older adult, and look at this Netflix documentary and then look at the actual evidence that, like, if you look online that they yeah. left out. I don't know. I just wish I could blend all the information together. It's different. I want to be a detective right now. I know, like, right? That's... Screw being a bartender. I'm going to go that's... back. <laughs> I'm quitting right now. Balancing. I'm going to figure out the Stephen Avery case. <laughs> that's my new Finding life goal. Finding what's wrong with the case is no different than saying, why does this not taste right? Yeah. <laughs> I need a, like, a so quarter I feel like mine's more fun. Like, <laughs> less at stake. Less people will go to jail. Yeah. So did you grow up then in, in Madison? I did. Yeah. How? Grew- what? It, what's... I All I know of that area ignorantly i'll claim it is fargo that's it there's not a lot of which Fargo's isn't even like, in wisconsin that's that's how much i have to summarize that's how fucking oblivious i am oh, to man. The, i mean i lived in detroit for a while right so okay. kind of kind of close to wisconsin okay. but that's not the same feel you know yeah i mean okay so you look at wisconsin it's a very much like german irish state like, okay. talking about, like, historically speaking. Like, you go there and you're going to see classic, like, German-style bars, yeah. Irish pubs all over the place. It's a lot of farmland. Um, I mean, like, essentially you have, like, three main cities that everyone talks about. Okay. Madison. Madison being the... Green Bay? Uh, Green Bay. Of okay. course, because the Green Bay Packers. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you have uh, Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee, right. yeah. The yes. Brewers, man. Oh, so, exactly. Gary so, you Sheffield. literally, and it's oh, funny because yeah. when I like, compare it to like Texas, like Madison is exactly like Austin in okay. the ideals and like what's happening there. The people, uh, it's just smaller and way fucking colder. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And less, less of like southern like atmosphere so when you look at it like we have less tacos but we have more bratwurst or cheese curds and cheese curds oh i love cheese so, curds exactly you know we not have so a, bad not a bad trade-off it's not a bad trade-off. i mean yeah it's not a bad trade-off it's uh brats are good and actually when i was when i was living in wisconsin well when i was actually getting ready to move to texas mm-hmm. i was wor- worried about losing all those delicious midwest beers because we're known for our beer yeah, oh yeah sure you know and i had no idea texas had such an amazing beer scene which it's you crazy. guys do. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was not expecting that one bit when I was moving off. You can get anything here for the most part. It's Besides pretty Yingling, awesome. But that's not a Wisconsin Yingling. thing, right? Would you ever have, you ever have uh, Grain Belt from no. uh, Minnesota? Oh, huh, is it good? Oh, dude. Really good? It's like, like I got to give it to, if I was to pick my like favorite like American like adjunct lager, mm-hmm. I would go High Life as number one. I like that's because okay. of Wisconsin. Sure. You know, it's just like... A beer of like the people. Champagne of the beer. That's right. <laughs> I, I will still drink it at brunch in a champagne glass. That's good. That's Might as well. Yeah. And then there is Grain Belt, which is the Grain Belt. Minnesota, okay. essentially, version of... It's like, take High Life mm-hmm. and add this like weird kind of like old banana character to it. Ooh. I like it. And and that's Grain Belt. But, and, but Minnesota. Yeah. And it is... Delicious. Is it available outside of Minnesota? You can probably get it in Wisconsin. You can get it in, you can get it in Minnesota and Wisconsin. You can get it in Wisconsin, yes. Yeah. I think you can get it in Midwest only. I don't think they distribute it anywhere else. Huh. Same like Yingling, right? Yingling yeah, only right. Like East Coast, South Pennsylvania, East right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it in San Francisco too? Uh, you said? No, I don't think so. No, no, sorry. East, South oh, East Coast. Oh, Not, South East Coast. Got it, got it, got it. No, I think, I think it's literally only East Coast. Yeah. I think I don't even think you can get Yingling in New York, can you? I don't think so. I think it's Pennsylvania it's just, and Massachusetts, maybe? Maybe. I don't Something know. Something like that. But these nice, like... Exactly. Yeah, like, like these nice kind of real, uh, what are they, cult beers. Yeah. They're almost better because they're cult than they are, than they taste. Now, I haven't had uh, the one from Minnesota, but Yingling's it is fine. Yingling's fine. Yingling's fine. I mean, like, same thing with, like, uh, have you ever had hams? Uh-uh. Okay, so that's another Wisconsin thing, I think. It's just a shitty beer. Takes you back to being, like, 17, 18, 19. Have you heard of sports beer? No. That's the one in Texas. That's the Texas the one? cheap-ass fucking beer. Sports. <laughs> sports. It's like Schlitz, but less. Oh, like Schlitz. Schlitz. <laughs> Schlitz is so good. No, but there's, there's so many of them. Because, like, okay, when you look at Wisconsin, right? Like, uh, how about uh, 
you ever have the Milwaukee be- uh, Milwaukee Best? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got that down here. Uh, what about Red Dog? I've seen, yeah, I've seen that one. Red Dog is uh-huh. another one. Um, then you have Hams, which I was talking about before. Uh, you ever have Beer 30? No. Uh, that was the cheapest. That's what, the I thought that's when you go drink beer is Beer 30. Yeah, no, yeah, well, it's, it's always the 30 bag. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was the cheapest beer you could possibly get at, uh-huh. when I was in my college years, let's yeah. say. Uh, and it was a purple can, and it just had beer thirty on it. Wow! And it was eight bucks for thirty beers. Jesus Christ, that's amazing. It was. That's it was a, that's really. It amazing. tastes awful. Sure, but who cares? At that time, yeah, you don't care when you're 21. No, no, you're just ready to. Boone's Farm, I'll drink that. Oh shit. yeah, Zimas. Zimas, wow. <laughs> Even I drew the line. I think at Zimas. <laughs> I, I felt like that was the one that people would be just looking at me. Kind of wondering what I was up to, like what's wrong? What's wrong with that guy? But I feel like I feel like if they brought back Zimas, it'd be like this. I think the bartending community would do the same thing, like what they did to smear off ices. Right. Remember when like everyone iced each other? Yes, sir. Yeah. Which people in this industry still do. They still do. Day. And like I refuse now. I'm just like you know I, I just I'm not doing it anymore. It's, <laughs> it's just, you smash it on the bar. And it hurts you, like, too much. Yeah. Oh jeez. But I feel like if Zimas would come back, I think it'd happen. I would totally get down on one knee and slam a Zima. Yeah, because it's clear. <laughs> Spread off ice, being all cloudy, like yeah, oh, right? something it's up. Like, I something can't weird see. with that. I can't see what's in this, but <laughs> Zima, it's clear, and there's not bad. Less of a hangover, maybe. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll just make that up right now. Different, ladies and gentlemen. Better Zima, less of a hangover. <laughs> uh, You're gonna get a call now. Oh my like, god, I'm gonna hey, be the new hey, brand ambassador. We we need a brand ambassador for Zima. <laughs> You, people would fucking really envy you. Though, I'm gonna tell you right <laughs> yeah, now. They, they're absolutely gonna envy you. Well, no. so is it? So how, what is it like? Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say if to be the one like brand ambassador job I would envy uh-huh. is whoever is the brand ambassador of Topo Chico. Oh, geez. if that exists, if they even have to have one, if they right? even have to have one. But I would love to a if that person does exist, I would love to meet them. And B, I'm gonna try to figure out how I can steal their job. Well, murder, obviously, murder. Okay, yeah. No, well, I mean, I'm not saying here. you should do that. No, no, I've no. I've seen that it work. Intent. Yeah, you Usurping, didn't say that. Usurping is yeah. a real medieval thing. We, uh, can just, we can just split the cost with the profits. <laughs> split <What>? the profits. <laughs> I have a feeling That's it doesn't pay that well to go <laughs> murder, murder the Topo Chico they can just They won't be murdered. They'll just disappear. Sure. That's yeah, fine. There we go. Yeah, I there like that. That's, that's more good. legit. They will pursue something, some other career. Exactly. In art. In, obviously. In, in art. Uh, Scandinavia. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Boom. So when you when you grow up in Madison, large family, small family? Uh, I was a very small family. Um, so uh, I was the first born American in my family. My family is uh, from Romania. Mm. Um, and actually, funny story is that my family, my entire diet side of the family moved to Oakland, California, mm-hmm. where I was born in 1989. And there was like literally a newspaper article that came out that compared... Uh, schooling systems from across the country uh-huh. and Madison at the time was in the top five and Oakland was like the bottom of five like, <laughs> yeah, the bottom five essentially yeah. and my mom was like screw this I'm taking my I'm not raising dumbass kids moved us to Madison Wisconsin because of the education just because the education strictly because the education wow and left we left our entire family in Oakland California a lot of extended family yeah yeah so it was all like my uncles and aunts yeah, they all stayed, and we were the only ones that moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Wow, um, you folks and you. Yeah, my folks and me, my older brother, and then uh, about five years later, my little brother was born. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that's a pretty worthwhile reason to move. Yeah, my mom was all about education. She was. How long? So, what brought them to the states? Well, um, during the time Romania was a communist regime, mm-hmm. so you can imagine how brutal that was. Sure. My mom and dad told me stories of just the craziest things. Like my mom having to wake up like five in the morning and wait two hours in line to get like a loaf of bread, a couple eggs, some milk. Wow. The grocery store. You know, what you were given that day is your daily ration. Right, right. Yeah. And who well, wants I've to only that? read I've only like seen pictures of that. I've never yeah. known anybody. Yeah, I I have no idea how that was either. I just from the way she tells it, it sounds wow. shitty. <laughs> you know? Shitty. Yeah, it's putting it lightly, yeah, right? actually. Right. And so my mom and my dad actually decided together that they were going to flee the country. So they actually escaped under illegal. Uh, my dad hid into uh, an Italian truck. Uh, I believe it was, I think, I think, I can't remember the story he tells you. I, think, I believe it was either water. I think it was just a truck full of water. Uh-huh. 
that was going into Romania and then like was leaving out and he was like hidden in the back of the semi truck essentially. Wow. And he got out into Italy and then um, I believe my mother was able to get out uh, because my father raised enough money to buy her ticket out of Romania wow. while he was working in Italy. Yeah. And then they fled to uh, America. To San Fran, Oakland, where they landed. Uh, I believe it was Oakland. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But, I mean, it's it's cheaper than San Fran. Yeah. you know, and it's yeah. I mean, it's an international port and all that, international airport yeah. and all that. That's insane, man. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I think I take that for granted too. That that just go back two generations and my grandparents came on a boat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's really crazy, especially yeah. given how easy everything feels at times. Yeah, we were just talking about like before, like we we grew up on Nintendo. Yeah. Fucking Nintendo. So, How difficult Nintendo is that? Mountain Dew in the basement. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was our worries. Like, I can't beat right. level seven. God. This is bullshit. Mike Tyson sucks. I yeah. can't even beat him, right? <laughs> I never can yes. beat him in punch out. I, yes. did, I did. I had one afternoon. Did that you? Was, I have oh. never defeated Mike Tyson in punch out. I have not. There's a, it was an amazing day. I'll just put it this way. Wonderful, warm <laughs> afternoon in Scottsdale, Arizona in the 80s, <laughs> early 90s, rather. Beat Mike Tyson and then found a code in Nintendo Power Magazine to type it in to get the second circuit, the world circuit, and I beat the second Mike Tyson. And that was the elite. That was the elite. And I'll be all. Right. If you beat him, you're the shit. Yeah. I mean, it felt better than graduating from my undergraduate at Texas State, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> a lot cheaper, too, and come to think yeah, of it. Right. <laughs> so it, it's good. It's really fucking cold in Madison. Yeah. What, what kind of stuff were you getting into like as a kid you said you were into gaming were you going to shows and stuff too or no i didn't go to too many shows when i was a kid um me and my friends we just like it, it was pretty much this it was a lot of gaming yeah it was during the winter months it was a lot of snowboarding or sledding oh yeah you so know, you, are you an avid either snowboarder or skier um i haven't in a while actually did you used, it to? used to be all the time it used yeah. to be during high school and then like right post high school a lot of snowboarding and then just yeah. kind of one year just Stop going. We get you get busy with other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm working. I mean, I do miss it. and I can't wait to go back again. Um, but yeah, it was it was just gaming, snowboarding, sledding, and then like summer months was just swimming in the lakes. You oh know? man, it's like it you have like oh yeah, because that's that's it. Like you have you have three months in Wisconsin mm-hmm. where it's just perfect, gorgeous, you know. And then like after those three months of like this heavenly bliss, yeah, it goes right back to shit. <laughs> For like nine months, it's you know pol- what I mean? like polar, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have you have it's it's a weird trade off because you have nine months of awfulness, well, a couple months of okayness, then like six months of just pure brutal, just awfulness. cold, right? And yeah, just cold, snowing all the time. Like you know what it's like when you, it's like you'll have November's cold, December starts snowing, January's brutal, February, March, and then you get a little bit of sunshine in April and a little bit of rain, and yeah. it's almost over, and out of nowhere, May hits. And sometimes Wisconsin just gives you the middle finger and just drops some more snow. No it. shit. You know, I mean, it's just really? like, yeah, it's totally happened before. It's just cold. You know? It's totally cold. It just drops again, you know? Man. Like, I mean, like, we have it here, well, not the snow, but we have it here in Austin where, like, hot, cold, hot, cold. Hot, cold, hot, cold. Yeah. You know? Does that ever confuse you? It confuses my dog a lot. She doesn't know whether to shed or keep her coat. <laughs> she has no idea. It's, totally it's annoying, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure it's annoying for the dog, too. Like, she make just, your damn decision, Mother Earth. I think she looks at me sometimes. She's like, what the fuck is happening around here? Can't you do something? <laughs> in and out, in and out. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, well, so the, that's, that's actually why it left. Remember that, remember that polar vortex that happened? That's uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Sharknado, right? Actually, funny enough, I'm gonna have a cocktail named Sharknado coming really? out next soon. It's actually my buddy's cocktail. So, have you been into this new cocktail menu? That no, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that menu, which we'll do in a few. Which we'll get. Okay, yeah, we'll get but I, I definitely I gotta try. I like. I want to do a flight of the venue. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna, come on in. We'll, we'll just get drunk in one afternoon. Just that's that's kind of what I want to do. Yeah, bring some friends. But there is a shark. Well, you got to tell me about the shark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. One of my best friends in the world, his name is Tom Dufek, and he, uh, after I left Merchant a couple of years ago, he mm-hmm. was like the general manager, bar manager, decision making of all of the, all of the beverages. Right. Um, and uh, right before I left, he put on, a t- he's a huge tiki nerd, mm-hmm. and he put on the menu the Sharknado cocktail after the movie, <laughs> yeah. and it comes in a shark tiki mug. Oh, amazing. And it's essentially like an even more brutal version of the zombie cocktail. 
Brutal how? Okay, like you, I'm I'm hooked. I'm hooked. <laughs> More brutal how, Jr. <laughs> It's like so. Uh, it's more overproof. Um, he uses a little bit of ancho reyes in there to add some spice. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine if you were to take the zombie, make it overproof more, uh, remove the absinthe, add the ancho reyes, and you still have that citrus backbone, but you have more of a. It's like it finishes like. God, it's like you remember, you remember taking a shot of like Everclear. Yeah, I watched a guy pass that? out doing that one time. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Like that high octane spirit, and you blow out, and you just, and you're like, yeah, like your yeah. mouth goes cold, and uh-huh. it's super dry and crisp, and you're just like, holy shit, what did I just do? <laughs> it's like that with a little bit of citrus and a little bit of anchovies. Amazing. Uh, and it's in a shark glass. So, it's brilliant. Sharknado. I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, and we had the rule you're only allowed to have two. That's a pretty good rule. Yeah, no, because people were like, "Oh yeah, I'm," you know, I'm especially so, especially Wisconsinites, dude. Oh, like, right. we're so proud of our drinking abilities. Uh-huh. You know? But beer, though, with beer, because yeah. at least from what my understanding, it's not like Ireland where people are drinking whiskey all the time, or Scotland where it's Scotland, no. where everybody's drinking scotch. Drinking beer, that's a, you can you can drink twenty beers, fine. Yeah, but exactly. drink three zombies. You're done. It's, yeah, you're done. I mean, like, challenge done. Wisconsin and I to a 30 pack race. Yeah, they'll probably win. Sure, but like, actually, dude, when I moved down here in Austin with you guys, is like, I had no idea a shot to you guys meant like three fingers. Like, two ounces, about two ounces, right? Yeah, um, a little. Like sometimes over two ounces. Sometimes I've been like, sometimes I've had like gulp three times. I'm like, well, that was not a shot. You just gave me three cocktails. You're just around you know? a bunch of fucking like big burly dudes who drink a lot, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't shoot shit. I still can't. No, I, I, I that's why, dude. That's why I have box. I'm just like, I'll do the one ounce shots because one ounce, totally good. Totally, yeah, totally doable. That's reasonable, and yeah. that's you know, it's a rational thing to do. Like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm cheersing. Beer in Texas, man. it is, dude, and it's ridiculous. Our dude. guts, our livers, they're all. Oh bigger my god, in Texas. I I don't know how you guys do it because I I've, I have some friends here in Texas that I've made well, since I moved here that yeah. just can rip through those three fingers, man. And I'm just I don't like, know how. I mean, well, I kind of know. There's yeah, a couple experience. things I'm good at. There's a couple things I'm bad at. So no. there's a couple spirits like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. But you bring in some other stuff, it becomes problematic, I would say. It can get rough. Yes. So I'm curious about, so you you do the thing. It's beautiful sometimes in Madison. You graduate high school. Are you really at that point saying, man, I want to do the whole normal American dream thing. My mom moved me from Oakland to Madison for education. Got to go to school. Got to go to college. And so it seems like you ended up doing that. Yeah. Well, I stayed, um, funny thing, um, in Madison, I, uh, did the whole high school thing. Yeah. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, as and, like kid. you weren't leaning in any directions. No, absolutely. There's no direction. I did not understand if I wanted to be in the, at the time, I think I was, a. I think this was the year that I first started bar backing at a Marriott hotel. Yeah. On like the far west side of Madison, you know what I mean? It was, it was Is a, that a good side or a bad side? Uh, it was a good side. Okay, it was you know it was west side always uh, seemed seemed yeah like you know there was, there was money in that side you yeah. know it was fun, uh, but you know I had no idea what I wanted to do. At one point, I was going to join the military, and like my mom like smacked me in the face. She's like, "You're not joining the military." Like, I've seen what that does to a boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no. And I was like, "Okay, I'm not." Was joining it because the military. It, I've talked to a couple people that that they want to do that or they think about doing it because. That seems pretty good on paper, you know. It seems like a great. I remember being, you know, seventeen, and the the recruiting agent was so convincing. He was just like, you know, we're gonna pay for your college. You're gonna, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna train you. We're gonna make you more responsible adult. I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, what it seems like they're offering you is free college, right? And we're gonna make you better. Yeah, and they don't talk about (laughs) what. You possibly dying, you know, like, exactly. oh, hey, we're also going to ship you to Afghanistan and you see some hard, fucking crazy shit. There's hardly any chance you'll die that much. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, but like, and I have a lot of friends who, who did go through, like, Marines and the, and the Army, yeah. and I respect the shit out of them. I, I just, I just I couldn't have done it, man. Because, like, when they tell me their stories, you know, from Afghanistan and Iraq, I'm just like, I'm so glad my mom slapped the shit at me so I would not have to see that. Yeah. You know, well, they come back. It's different, man. They come. It's back different, and you different, know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like these guys are like some of my best friends, and they're like sure. super strong, and they're like 
they'll never be late. I'll tell you that. A Marine, I swear to God, is never, ever fucking yeah, late. Yeah, perfect timing. I've noticed that. Actually, I'll be five minutes early, and I'll be like, why were you late? And I'll be like, fuck, you know. <laughs> God, I never uh, can win with those goddamn Marines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're like, uh, they're very efficient individuals, you know. Yeah. No, um, there's a lot, absolutely a lot of value in that. And yeah. I, I, man, and this is not a, not a tirade at all. I feel like they're so underappreciated, it makes me really sad. You know? Yeah. Because they just come back, and they're like, eh. We're over it, you know. They Which can't is, get the right health. I don't healthcare, all all these kinds of things. But but at any rate, so you say fuck that. I, I or your mom's like, no, are you crazy? Yeah, you're not doing. She just slapped the shit on me and then smacked that idea right out. Of my she head. S- smacks your ass right into a four year. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, funny enough, I didn't even do that. I was just like, well, okay, well, let me let me figure this out. What yeah. I want to do. So I took a year off. I was like, no, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to wait a year and then I will go to college. Yeah. Um. And within that year, I started bartending uh, at the Madison Marriott Mm -hmm. on the west side. And I kind of just fell in love with it. You know, I was just getting to know all these people, you know. And at first, like, I was was completely like an awkward, I was an awkward teenager, you know. know? So I was just kind of learning to, like, get, like, I was talking to an older clientele at the time. So I was understanding more, like, like kind of a drier sense of humor. Different generation, Exactly, you know. Yeah. And I was starting to enjoy it, and then I started like actually being able. It started letting me taste things at the bar. Mm-hmm. In Wisconsin, a lot of bartender at eighteen. That's amazing. Um, and so legally speaking, I was, I was tasting. Sure, you know, sure. But, no, uh, that's fine. I, I was spitting. Let's say that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I was understanding more and more booze. Uh, I was getting trained by a few people there who were just making me taste higher end whiskeys, right. and cognacs, opening and, up your mind, right? Exactly. And then I was just like. I started seeing the money come in, and I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll push school one more year. Let me just make enough money so that I won't have to go into debt." Right. And then it just then another year happened, and then another year happened. You know what I mean? I started accumulating yeah. this money, and then like out of nowhere, I was offered running my own beverage program at the Merchant in right. and that was right. my first bar. You know. Wow. And then I just I just never went Did to college it? i was just so busy because like at that point now like once i started merchant was running my own program yeah as anybody in this industry knows when you first start running your program get ready for 80 90 hour weeks you're, sure you're not that's, that's where you're that's your home that's where you're sleeping yeah that's where you're working that you're never leaving you know? yeah, and you don't yet know how there is a skill that you learn only with age and that is how do i exert exactly the matter right amount of pressure to get everything done that needs to be done and have a, a work-life balance yeah, you don't know that when you're younger because you're just you want to be successful and you want to make things work, yeah. and it's it's hard because you're talking yeah 80, 90 hours just oh. to make things work. And not only that, it was like the thing that was crazy about it is that it was it was these owners Patrick and Josh who literally gave the reins to their restaurant as the first real craft uh, craft cocktail bar in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. to a freshly twenty one year old kid. What year are we talking? So five. We're years talking ago. about uh. Ten or eleven, right? Two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah, it yeah, was in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Wow. Two thousand eleven, I think, is only open because they're just about to have their five year. Mm-hmm. So yes, two thousand eleven. And you know, it was it was it was fucking nuts. I mean, like I now I look back and I'm like, they're like they must have been crazy to think this was okay. <laughs> I mean, they just they just got really lucky, and like I got really lucky too because like in the meantime, like while I was running this program. I got to meet a lot of industry leaders from Chicago, Milwaukee, yeah. Minneapolis, New York that would come in. And sometimes Josh and Patrick would hire these people to help me out for like a week to, to learn. Like like consulting in a sense? Essentially consulting, yeah. yeah like yeah. the first person, the first craft cocktail bartender I learned from was Eric Hay from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Um, I can't even remember the name of the bar he worked at at the time. But uh, now he he's the beverage director of Wurtz Beverage Company. You've oh, heard of cool. Wurtz, right? Which now they're named something else. They're yeah, like, it's something else. It's like Diamond or... Something shiny. Something shiny <laughs> and fancy. Yeah. Uh, he was the first one. And then about a year after that, it was Nick Koplowitz and uh, Ira... Sorry, Nick Kosovic and Ira Koplowitz uh, from Bittercube who took me under their reins. Mm-hmm. And so then I started running the bar as well as helping them make bitters. And you can see like the, essentially my time at Merchant was my four years of college, I feel like. No, I, I mean, I that's on the job training, right? Yeah. That's what people hope for. 
In fact, it prepares you better than just learning in a classroom about, oh, well, business administration. And I got paid for it instead of having to pay it for myself. Pay someone else for it. Yeah, it was, and uh, <laughs> you get some drinks here and there. I mean, yeah, you know, I got to you get some to good booze. Yeah. So it makes it, and, and not that it, it was ever at question, but so why do you think they had the faith in you? Like, what did you bring to the table for them to say, you, you're totally capable of running this program? Dude, you know what I think it was? And I think, honestly, this is what I remember. I remember first meeting Josh Berkson, and I told him how to make a fresh margarita. Mm-hmm. And that was it for him, essentially. Because, like, nobody else, like, dude, you got to look at Madison was, Madison, there was, like, God, there must have been, like, at that time, maybe, maybe four or five bartenders were even using fresh juice. Yeah. You know, like, in the whole city. That's incredible. You know, and it, it's different now. I imagine. Right? Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch of them now. Like there's, you know, Merchants Opening Number Two. There's like, get, I would say there's probably at least ten to fifteen restaurants that definitely use fresh juice mm-hmm. and a good cocktail program. Um, which is awesome. You know, within a five yeah. year span, you went That's from maybe having big. one two cocktails to now fifteen. Right. For one city to actually accommodate fifteen craft cocktail bars, which is amazing. Um. And actually, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Eric Hay when he first was consulting for the business. He was the one that decided that I was going to run the program when he was gone consulting. Really? So uh, essentially, it was it was Josh, Patrick, and Eric's decision to give me that shot. Wow! Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It was lucky. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got lucky as shit. You know, little kid I had no idea what the hell was going on. But I mean that totally what's the word positioned you to take it all on take on the whole world because i mean you're starting there young most of this guy some people mid-20s late 20s they're getting a late start you're there you're immersed in it it does make me wonder what did your mom think of all of it because she probably wanted you to do the, the four-year school thing right she definitely wanted me to do the four-year school thing but then like i guess she saw how like happy i was even though it was like Killing myself with work, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a Midwestern thing where it's like we just love working too much, like brutally piling, piling <laughs> just, it just on, constantly yeah. piling it on. Whatever <laughs> another thing, it's like oh no, I can totally take cold. on that job. I wouldn't want to deal with the cold either. Yeah, exactly. to like, keep my head down at work versus dealing with that shit. Yeah, and uh, I was just so stoked to have the opportunity. So like at first she was just like she didn't care, but then out of nowhere she just started coming in all the time, and now like now she's. Now her favorite drink is a Negroni, and, and she shoots for net like it's going out of style. You know, it's just kind of funny because this is the same girl that, like, she's going to call my mom a girl, woman, uh, that uh, would, you know, before that it was just, like, all about electric blue martinis and, you know, chocolatinis. So she saw the <clears throat> the artisanship in it. Yeah, now she's, like, on the, like... I guess I guess her palate went from like sweet to just like bitter or something. I don't know because like, she just drinks a lot of bitter. I mean, I gotta out. imagine like growing up and like having to wait for food for two hours, already gonna enjoy the bitter. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just it's programmed. Yeah, you know, right. Cold, I mean, not to be stereotypical, she's but like, just like a jaded, salty person now. <laughs> yeah. God, I would be so pissed if I had to wait two hours for yeah, a loaf like, of bread. All I'd want is like, give me the darkest, fucking most bitter thing yeah. you got for it. Right. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I never and thought about the, it that way, but that's awesome. Yeah, the, the very European sensibilities, too, with all, all this kind of bitters and yeah. things. And so I imagine then you get more immersed in bitters, you understand the process, you're writing your own bar program. How does Austin come into the mix? How does that even become a thing for you? Well, the way it went down was, uh, so me and my girlfriend, um, who's actually, her name is Gina. She's yeah. a server at the restaurant merchant. I oh, know cool. So you guys met there. We met there. I How many years the, ago now is this? Uh, it's been, we're coming up to four years now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, I did the very, like, unmanagerial thing to do and <laughs> took her out on a couple of dates and did the rest I'm of your boss. Go out with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or else. <laughs> do you want to keep your job? Um, and, you know, she said, yeah. And uh, a few years later, the polar vortex happened, as we all remember. Right. Uh, and... You know, when I talk to people down here in the south, and I'm explaining the polar vortex. I'm like, no, dude, it was negative 40 degrees with wind chill. Like, it was like it's negative insane. 40s, negative 30s. 
You go outside and it's like you instantly feel like you have fucking arthritis or something. Your wow. bones hurt. You can't bend. Like it's just like yeah. you're literally just shuffling through the snow. Like That's what this, Saturn feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and you hate everything about it. You right. The second you go outside, like this little mustache I've gone around, I would instantly freeze from the condensation from my breath. No kidding. Yeah. So you, your face would be like just this big icicle. Yeah. You know, uh, the cars work in negative. 40? They do. They do. Surprisingly. Uh, the only thing is that. Uh, we were all trained to, you have to start your car essentially about like an hour before you want to drive keep it, it 30 keep minutes. Keep it going, right? Get it warm. Yeah. And you have to shovel the shit out, scrape off the windows. So imagine doing all of that at 6.30, 7 in the morning oh. every day until you have to go to work. No. No, I don't want to. And, <laughs> and my girlfriend being from Phoenix, Arizona. She's she was, from Phoenix. She's from Phoenix, dude. Oh, man. And she was like, I am done with this shit. We're moving south. Yeah. And I was like, all right, move with you. Let's do this. So what year is this when you guys are just uh, just to go someplace warmer? That's the goal. I that was know. the goal. We didn't care where. We were just like we were gonna travel south, and that's it. And you know, after seeing like New Orleans and a couple other spots, at the end of the day, we we're like, Austin is perfect. We don't sure. have that many people here. You know, it'd be a good fresh start for us. It's really warm. The people mm. we did meet here were super nice. Yeah. Um, she loved tacos. I love tacos. Who doesn't love Who tacos? Who doesn't love tacos? It's, that's and, the question. And it made sense. Sometimes. I was just like, fuck it. And it's Austin, a, Texas City. You said it's about a year now that you've been in town? Yeah, it's been uh, September of 2014. So a year and four months or a year five that's months. That's incredible. Where did you start working when you came into town? When I first came into town, I started... My first job was Contigo. You were at Contigo? Yeah. Who were you working for? I was Contigo. working for Jen Kaiser. Jen, yes. Amazing. I didn't know I that. I fucking love Jen. Jen's Kaiser. great, man. She's we had a good so chat recently. I'm going to put that up soon. Oh, nice. It's nice. Good. nice. Really good. I yeah. just partied with her on the, the Tito's bus. To yes, the, I saw. Oh, that's right. You were in like a headband or some <laughs> shit. Like, <I> <laughs> Dude, that was so awesome. I got to say, out of all the acts, Salt and Pepper killed it. They killed I'd still have a crush on Spinderella. Killed it. Don't tell anybody. That's no, fine. Oh, wait. Shit. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was the, the. So, did you get a good sense of. What awesome was like being at Contigo because it really it is a quintessential outside bar. Good yeah. food, great cocktails, good staff at that point too. Yeah, it was a uh, it, it it really helped me understand like Austinites, you know, like yeah. uh, it just seemed like God when I first moved down here, you, you Texans are just so nice. Like I feel yeah. like at least maybe if you're just white, awesome. they're nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> good for you guys in Wisconsin. Coming yeah, no, it's fair for me. Like and people, and it was weird. This is the first time in my life I've anyone's ever called me out for my accent really on multiple times i don't feel like i have a real true wisconsin accent it's not uh it's not real real deep no no sometimes it's i feel like it comes subtle. out yeah um but like being at contigo i got called the fuck out a lot really they're like where are you from you know i'm like what and they'll be like i can tell it's midwest but i can't tell if it's like minnesota you're like you're not michigan but i can tell it's either minnesota or wisconsin <laughs> they're, they're just they're very academic and i'm like, like jesus I like michigan accents for you because that's not a michigan accent <laughs> you know i was just like oh okay well i am from wisconsin like yeah. i knew it yeah <laughs> all right well four drinks in i'm sure like, yeah <laughs> and guess. it was always the same question though like well what will brought you down to texas yeah it's warm weather and it's not a bad barbecue reason and tacos sure yeah. and love and uh, I found this out, Topo Chico, dude. I'm obsessed. Really? I'm, I'm what obsessed is it? with Topo Chico. It's good. I like it. It's great. Why do you? What's so? I have no a, idea. What's the big it's deal like, about it? I don't know. It's just like I. I remember the first time having it. Yeah. I remember the first moment. It was. It was. Uh, it was 2012. Uh huh. And it was July. Oh, it was July or August? I can't remember. July or August. But anyways. I was here for a USBG conference a mm. few years back. I was hosted in Austin, Texas. So nationwide, all the leaders from each of their districts came down to right. Converse, whatever, have this conference. And I was with Joey Howtailing, my buddy from Milwaukee, who was the vice president at the time, and I was a secretary. And he was already in love with Austin. That was my first time coming here. And he took me to Torchies mm-hmm. when I was insanely hungover. It was Torchies, oh, it's perfect then. Torchies on First Street. Oh, yeah. The original one, the, the, the trailer, trailer right? Yep. Yeah. And I had a Topo Chico, and it was, like having a, it was like having a bubbly Pedialyte. Like, I was instantly energized, and my hangover was gone. And then Insane. I had, like, 
I had like 20 more. And like now to this day, like I have like, I probably have like five, six Topo Chico's a day. Dude. Really? And it's not bad. I mean, mineral I, water is not a bad thing. It's not. But I can't, I can't go back to San Pellegrino or Perrier. It's not the it same. It tastes flat. It tastes it's, like. It's lighter. It's thinner. Yeah. And it's just not as not as angry at you, I guess. I don't know yeah, what it is Topo about you. Topo is very like, Topo, angry. Topo is aggressive. It's got a lot of balls to it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it. just on your palate. Balls on your palate. Yeah. You can make whatever joke you want, but it's like balls. It's just a. It's just a. Ball Balls sack in your palate. <laughs> so when did you shift over? Was Vox the next gig after Contigo? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's only been a year, so, I mean, I just have to assume, like, kind of connecting the dots. Yeah. And you were doing, was, who was the bar, was, Tober wasn't the bar manager, was he? Tober was the bar manager. He was, okay. Yeah, he was okay. the beverage director. Um, so he hired me on, so I met Tober, gotta keep, like, backtracking here. I met Tober, like, three years ago at Camp Runnemuck in Kentucky. Oh, shit, okay, yeah. So that's how I met Tober. Um, and so when I was initially moving down here, he was a, one of the first people I talked to and be like, Hey, show me around town. Let me see yeah. what's going on. So we got drank, drinks and this was before Fox was opened obviously. And they were just talking about when it was going to open. And this is, they were telling me that was going to open in like November of 2014, which it became, I believe it was March or April of 2015. 15, yeah. Um, and so I always told Jen for right from the bat, I was like, Hey, I, I'm going to work for Vox. I'm going to work for Travis Tober. So whenever this does happen, I'm going to be leaving Contigo. And yeah. She always understood. She's really cool. Sure, She's sure. Like, well, I'll have you as long as, I, as long as you need to be here. And so when we finally were opening up Vox, that's when Tober assumed position of like beverage director and then made me number two. So I was the bar manager. Yeah. And now we with, met, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was like. Kind of, Pretty it was, recently. It was recently. It was yeah. like that. June or July, something like that. But well, you were you were seeing the kitchen line, and like it was yes. like a brief conversation. No, but it was fucking great. The drinks were great. The food was just exceptional, and you guys had all the you know by by the poundage or by the ounceage. Oh yeah, the ounce, the, the old, old fashions. Fashions. Yeah, and I had a mezcal. I think it was a Vita mezcal. Oh yeah, that is early box. Then. Really, really, really That's killer. Awesome. But yeah. so, but so you. So obviously, Tober transitioned into another role as kind of an international or national brand ambassador for House Spirits, doing good good work there, doing God's work there. Yeah. And then you tr- you move Selling up. Warm then. Shots. <laughs> yeah, right. Warm gin shots. <laughs> now that's the lesser of his good work. I'm gonna tell you, right? <laughs> but it's a thing now, it's though. That's the thing. craziest thing about it. Is yeah. like, you know, I mean, other brand reps, uh, like gin brand reps that I've, I've I've met that will be like, let's do a warm gin shot, and I'll be like, you can't. Do that. That's <laughs> you got to cite him. That's Tober's thing. Sure. And so if we're doing warm gin shot, it has to be aviation. Yeah, like, you know, it's that's, no, thing. I to, I totally get it. And actually, I think right to my left here, I have. Yep, there's the Tober vial of aviation gin that he oh left my, for me. Oh my god! So we'll probably have to take a drink of that. I don't know. I feel I, like I feel like <laughs> we have to. <laughs> actually, you know what? That actually is perfect segue into the cocktail. Again, you know, I I'm. I always am accustomed to sharing bottles with people, and mm-hmm. I they're in my home. I you know I have to be the hospitable one, but you batched a cocktail and brought it in, and it's exceptional. So yeah. give, run, give me a rundown if you could of the cocktail that you've prepared that we're sipping here, and you finished. I should have finished it. I really should. <laughs> I'm trying to be. <laughs> I can't. Dude, this this like, is my problem, man, because this drink this drink goes down so too smoothly. Yeah. You know, uh, this would be my like like if I was on death row, man. This would be my final cocktail. This well, Stephen it. Avery, Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> if you're, you're I'll boomerang him. I'll send one soon. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Now we're talking about death. No, row. that you know um, that's gonna happen now. That is, is the next is, Kickstarter. Get Stephen Avery this cocktail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Wait, he's not on death row, is he? He is sentenced just, to life. Not he's just sentenced to life. Yeah, okay, okay. Murder. But that's like, still holy a long time. Shit. Yeah. That's death. It's the same. Well, it's thing. death. It's yeah. death. It's just not forced death. Right. Death by natural causes in a prison cell. Right. I mean, it, 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 it's still forced it, death. Being manipulated get... a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a tad. Uh, that's sad. It is sad. Anyways, back to nicer things. <laughs> the Cox Louisiana. <laughs> um, this would be my. I'm not insensitive to his plight <laughs> as a man either. By the way, like I, you know, I'm yeah, trying I to feel for a little bit. I do. I do. I, I just want to know the goddamn truth. That's right. And no one's gonna ever know. No one's ever gonna know. The only one that'll know. There's two people that would know. Before. Stephen Avery and the cops. Well, no, no. Bruce Willis from Unbreakable, because he has this power to, to touch people <laughs> and see the truth. And Christopher Walken from The Dead which, Zone. That's he, it. That was a shitty way he died in Unbreakable, by the way. I hated that finish. Wait, which? what are you talking about? In Unbreakable, when he died in the pool, he was drowning. He, but he didn't die. What? No, the kid saved him. 
I just watched it last night. Yeah, the kids. Oh, I haven't so he, seen it in years. I thought he died. No, he does not die. He he perseveres as a hero. And he gets, well, no, fuck, it's an old movie. It's 2000. Yeah, yeah. And if, he gets Samuel just Jackson. Spoiler alert bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's been like 10 years. Ago. Yeah, whatever it's been. No, but that, those are the only two people that would know. The people, the superheroes that actually tell the truth. Holy shit. I, dude, I need to watch Unbreakable. It's brilliant. I'm going to watch it actually tomorrow. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Tomorrow, so perfect. You need to check it out. At any rate, <laughs> and this I love this be, way we were sidetracking. Like this is the wildest <laughs> tangent ever in, in one, of, one of these conversations. But the but all I know about this cocktail, Wild Turkey Rye One One, which I'm a yes. huge fan of. And so, what it's else brilliant. you got? You've got you've, so it's Wild Turkey Rye One One. It's uh, I use Carpano Antica. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use Benedictine. Uh, mm-hmm. I use Angostura and Peychauds. And then I'm using Tennyson absinthe as my brand, yeah. so a little bit of lemon oil as well. Shout out to Graham on that one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then, uh, hey, but the thing is, like, like when you come to Vox, you'll see that my menu says classic-ish. Ish. Ish. Because <laughs> one thing I like that. that I did at my last bar, which I'm doing now again, is that I will take classic recipes mm. and skew the proportions. I mean, a lot of bartenders do that, yeah. you know? Um to really what i feel like is fitting the modern palette sure you know because like like you know like me personally i fucking hate a classic aviation yeah i don't i think it's coying and marcino is too much it's super sour and astringent it's just aggressive and it's like it is it's not balanced no it's like drinking an angry lemon yeah, it's me telling you what you're going to drink. Yeah. Instead of you enjoying it for your own. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually, I replace like the maraschino. I only use a quarter ounce maraschino and I use like a half ounce of simple syrup and I, I rinse the glass in creme de violette and yeah. I use more gin, which I feel like is more like... It'll balance it out, I think. Balance it out and it's more like for the modern palate, which, sure. which I feel like every generation totally has a different palate and they're drinking their food. I mean, when you look historically speaking, how we drink and eat as cultures... Yeah. It just seems different every generation. Like when you look at these recipes, I mean, like even the seventies, eighties, nineties, nowadays, sixties, fifties. I mean, like all those. You know, I think like, we're like, into totally, more dry stuff now. Yeah, I think so. I would agree I think so. so. Yeah. Um. So my uh, my cocktail Louisiana is a little bit different from the original recipe because the original recipe actually asked for like three quarter ounce. Benedictine, three quarter ounce carp, uh, sweet vermouth, mm. which you know how Benedictine is super it's sweet. Wow, uh, yeah. it's too sweet and very herbal. It's yeah, yeah, you know. And I, in mine, I use two ounces of overproof rye, nice, and then I use a three quarter of the sweet vermouth, quarter of the Benedictine, yeah, two dash Ango, two dash Peychauds, and then I rinse the glass in absinthe. It's it's um, good. It's really balanced, and you bring yeah. out you bring out John Lennon instead of Ringo, because <laughs> that's <laughs> I, the thing, man. Yeah. And, I mean, looking, I mean, like essentially, what I did was like I brought it closer to a Manhattan. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's yeah, just a little absolutely. different enough. Like that Benedictine is just subtle right. enough. You know that pastry shows involved there with the absinthe. Yeah. It's just like I just fucking love this drink, dude. <laughs> it's really, really good. And uh, you know, awesome. man, thanks for sharing that one with me. It's yeah, really, and we have a whole bottle lovely. of it, man. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> back in a couple hours. <laughs> a couple hours. We'll be back on this mic. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll be talking about like absolutely <laughs> random tangents. Like we'll just be going Even like more, like. Even One moment more. we're talking about stars, next moment I'm talking about guitars, and out of nowhere I'm talking about <laughs> Tetris. Fuck Tetris. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this is going random and shit with it. Tetris. Yeah, it's got to be Tetris. Perfect. So and then I'm going to challenge you to a checkers game. Oh no, you probably, you might win, but I'll change. I'll challenge you to Tetris. You say checkers or Tetris? I said you said Tetris first. I said yeah. checkers. You're right. Good. Good. Because I'll beat you at Tetris, but probably not at checkers. Now challenge accepted though. Damn it. I love Tetris. Tetris is fucking good. Tetris is good. Yeah. I you have to, you have to, dude, I'm a huge video game nerd. I I, I'm like, I suspect. I'm yeah. I suspect. Uh, yeah. I like that though. It's good. Yeah. But so the big news and the thing that because I'd met you and I kind of knew you came from Wisconsin and all that, but the mm-hmm. biggest thing is that the media, let's just say quote unquote, the media is supporting and really, really rallying behind this new menu that yeah. you have constructed with Vox. Would you say that it's that same kind of paradigm or that same kind of perspective where you're like i like the classics they're good but there's something that i want to tweak about it to push other flavors a little bit more into balance oh Is totally kind of- i mean like when you look at my uh, house originals right like it's like for example the the one that's really taking steam off right now is the tom Selleck's mustache okay i love tom Selleck. it's you know he turned 70 this festival did he really weeks? yeah good looking dude looking good dude still looking good 
motherfucker. All right. He's always going to be pretty. He's always going to be gorgeous. He's gonna no, no, he's not pretty. You can't call Tom Selleck pretty. Well, he's handsome. He's handsome. handsome. Yeah, he's, handsome. he's a handsome devil. I always wanted chest hair like Tom Selleck. Yeah. Dude, I could never make it work. It dude, was always I, so flat. I am 26, and I have never shaved. If I showed you right now, I'm still bare. Really? I'm not even joking, dude. Look at this. Oh, that's re- that's relatively bare. That's like the Sahara. Dude, it's there's no, there's no foil. There's nothing, there's nothing there. there. And I'm, yeah. 26. <laughs> 26, dude. I can't grow any hair. No wonder you guys are so cold in Wisconsin. We <laughs> <laughs> just can't grow hair. There's no, there's no hair. Surprising with all the Irishness. But yeah, right? Yeah. Well, and Germans are hairy, right? Or Germans? Sometimes. Well, I, I guess you'd look at like Germanic tribes as being hairy. Like, right? The, right. Like, the stereotypical like barbarian. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You remember Gladiator? All those sure. fucking dudes are hairy as shit. They're all bears. Barbarians, yeah. And yeah. that's where like, the German culture came from, right? I suppose. That's, like historically speaking, am I yeah. getting this right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then there's this whole Aryan thing where it's like actually blonde people. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know anymore. I don't know what, what exactly. <laughs> what exactly <laughs> do, you, do you realize we totally went from speaking about house cocktails again straight <laughs> <laughs> German Aryan <laughs> history. I wow, we have been I, making some jumps. I got a, a lot of jumps. A lot but of it's jumps. good. That's you know, I find it entertaining. I'm enjoying it. Maybe other people won't, but that's okay. They can <laughs> they can read Eater or they can yeah, yeah exactly. At, if you want to talk about if you want to talk about cocktails, meet me at the bar. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly. So I do. I, I this so you got Tom okay. Selleck's. Why do you what do you think the Tom okay. Selleck cocktail is so appealing? So the Tom Selleck's mustache, right? Um, it is, it's a Manhattan riff through and through. Okay. When you look at it, right, it's, it's a, a double shot of overproof Knob Creek rye. So okay. the Knob Creek rye, 100 proof. Yeah. Um, and then it's a one ounce of Coke Torino that I infuse with a chicory coffee. Nice. Uh, and then I use actually Josh Lovin's Barkeep uh, Chinese Spice, spice bu- uh-huh. Bitters. Um, but then the difference in it is I, I, so obviously the difference is that the coffee infusion and the Five Spice from a normal Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you punch it up and Chicory's nice because it's the not as nice. heavy. Yeah. It's coffee. It's just right in the middle. Coffee's there. Yeah. And then what we do, though, as well as that is because I always imagine Tom Selleck as being a smoker. I feel like he probably was. At least a pipe smoker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I serve the drink on a slate rock, and I have a little campfire on the side with uh, broken down bourbon barrel chips. <laughs> and I light that on fire, and I put a frozen glass on top of it so that it immediately puts the fire out and starts smoking the shit out of the glass. Yeah. And because of the frozen liquid resonance that's like on the glass, the smoke starts sticking the side and the lip of the glass. Yeah. And then when I serve it, as I let it smoke for like about 30 seconds, I flip it over, drop a big Javi ice cube in there, and then I pour the drink in. And because of it being so cold the smoke is sticking so it's it's you could watch it slowly pour out but it doesn't just shoot out right so there's like after every sip you just you keep smelling the smoke so you get this like cigarette you get this like pipe tobacco coffee manhattan yeah it's just like super lovely you want to be a campfire like it's like the drink like it's like the drink you want to have when you're cuddling with Tom Selleck in his no, 1980. It, it, remember his Playgirl shoot though? When oh, he's on the yeah. bear rug in front of the campfire. Yeah, yeah that, that's Burt it. Reynolds, you're drinking that. that scene right there. Wow. Yeah. There is. <laughs> I love selling it that way too because people love it. People make drinks a lot of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you focus on a point of inspiration and then come back and say, well, you know, I was watching Die Hard. Right. What would that smell like? <laughs> what would that? What would that? Well, which like? scene? <laughs> right, no, that's fair. That's, that's are we talking about like Bruce Willis walking on broken glass in the exactly bathroom? The, that's exactly. Is that the scene you're thinking about? Is that, that right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> because that would be like mineralistic porcelain, iron blood. So you would do like right. you got to do he- heavy ango bitters, uh-huh. right? It's something very because right. that would be Dark like bitter, you get that metallic iron. bitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, porcelain. I would go with a cement vat mezcal. Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay. To get some of that, like, kind of, like, mineralistic, kind of, sure. like, bathroom water uh-huh. characteristic to it. Wow. Um, and then I would go, if I were to say sw- he's sweaty as fuck. Are we, are we connected right now? Because I'm thinking, what is, is, is acid, is it, like, that would that punch it through? Because you've got the dark ango for the blood and the, the feet s- s- sliced that- apart. And you've got mezcal. Him, the mezcal for the, the, the kind of the, the tank top. He's in the like bathroom and he's right. like sweaty, right? I would actually, you know what I would do? I would do a white, like dry Manhattan essentially. I would do a mezcal Dolan dry for that weird acidic, like sweaty, 
uh-huh. taste. Yeah. Because, you know, when you taste Dolan Dry, it's it like, tastes like it's a little salty and it's a little levy. Yeah, it yeah. totally is. I mean, it's floral on the nose, which wouldn't be the BL, but when you taste it, it's kind of a little funky. Yeah. And then I would use that Ango Bitters uh, for like kind of that, like a lot of Ango Bitters, though. Yeah. To give it some of that like blood a- angry, like. Irony. Just yeah. the, the deep kind of color, the deep bitterness, the deep uh, oxidated kind of like. Yeah. Or I, or I would even find like a, like a, like a metallic, like Languedoc, like red wine, like a. That has that kind of irony characters that have blood taste to it. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? You ever had I one do. of those? Yeah. Yeah. And the, I would use that somehow. Maybe well, there's also the mezcals that are fermented in cowhide. That gives you. There you go. That gives you. That could have been it there. A lot of the irony. But no, but that's. We just created Boom. a drink based on a scene that we both didn't even talk about, but did a line on <laughs> from fucking Die Hard. And we're going to call it Bruce Willis's Dirty Foot? No. Br- Will- Bruce Juice. Bruce Juice. <laughs> Bruce Juice. <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. I like that. That's yeah, but I totally. That's how, dude. That's how I come up with cocktails, though. Seriously, I just kind of think of scenarios. Scenarios. It's you know? amazing scenes. Yeah, it's I love way it. more fun that way. It is a lot, a lot of fun, yeah. and so we and people we appreciate the story do. better. It does, yeah. Yeah. That it, man, I'll tell you what, you just framed a cocktail in a way that really appeals to me. <laughs> really, really appeals to me. That's awesome. I can't. We'll have to talk about Predator at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That crazy neon You're going to just keep making it harder and harder and harder like every scene? It's okay. Gonna a, it's going to be a good one. I want you to create the flavor of the guy from Labyrinth with the eyes in his hands as she's trying to escape that building. It's, it's, uh, it's got to be uncomfortable. Slight, <laughs> it's gonna... Slightly mystical. <laughs> well... I want so the the thing I want, and we, you know, I'll follow up, and we got. I have to do this, mm-hmm. but I really want to go through that menu. Yeah, like just, and we'll we'll find a time to do it. I, I'll bring a crew and like take pictures, and it's so exciting. It's an exciting menu to me, and to think that it comes from things that that I really appreciate as well, and it comes from movies, it comes from music, like all these things. It's pretty exciting, man. You're getting a lot of accolades for it, which is wonderful as well. Thank you. So yeah. a year in, in Austin. That is nowhere near the beginning of your career here. And I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens as well. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be more than fun, man. Thank you so much for sharing the cocktail. Thanks so much for chatting with me. And I'll yeah. see you at Vox Table. Very see soon. you there, buddy. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Well, there we have it. Another fine conversation. This time with someone I absolutely have to hang out with more. J.R. Makinu from Madison, Wisconsin. Coming from Merchant all the way to Vox Table. Guy has a great knowledge of cocktails. He shared a wonderful cocktail with me, Batched. I still have some in the freezer. That's how wonderful it is. We talk about movies, action movies. We later go on to discuss this little film with Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone called Tango and Cash. That is a must-see for anybody, but a must-see for JR in particular. The new menu at Vox is exciting. It's gaining much accolade in a short period of time, and people seem to really love it. Gotta go check it out. And the food that I have had at Vox Table is absolutely lovely. So thanks for listening to Show to V with Mike G. It's been a pleasure sharing these conversations with you. And no matter which 80s movie you're watching, no matter how many times you might forget that Bruce Willis does in fact not die in Unbreakable, or if you find Stephen Avery guilty or not guilty, please keep dancing.